0: Thassel. so you might be that. Falcock.
1: You must be shitting yourself. Peterhead. Winsamora, that's you, hump. Falcock. Hump. Peterhead. I'll be watching. Larry, Larry, Larry.
0: And welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week are David Forrest. David, hello, how are you doing?
2: Hello, um, doing great after today's result.
0: I think we all are. Rhys Aldane is here. Reese, how are you doing? I'm doing brilliant, mate. Fell back in with very sport. <laughs> Jamie McDonald's with us. Jamie, how are you? I'm doing
3: good. Good runner for him and obviously a cool beating forward today. Good day of football.
0: Been a good week of football, and rounding off our panel this week is Rhys Jenkins. Rhys, how are you? Yeah, I'm great by the season standards. <laughs> and Before we start, uh, we're teaming up with Got Your Six Brand for our first ever giveaway. To win a t-shirt and hat from Got Your Six Brand, you have to tell us how many Oasis song titles you hear me say on this week's episodes. We thought we'd do that rather than the quiz that everyone can cheat on and just look up Wikipedia. So let us know on Facebook or Twitter how many you hear. And the first person to tell us the correct answer will win. One guess per person, so don't spam with every number you hear from 1 to 20. Uh, The winner will be announced on Friday the 23rd of April at 3 o'clock, so stay tuned for that. Mm. We've got three games to talk about this week and three wins to talk about, excitingly. As always, we'll go through them chronologically. Before last Saturday, it looked like we needed three wins in five days, or our title chances might slide away for good. We went up to Peter Head and won 3-0 last Saturday and most notably Stephen Bell came into the side for Mo Sen and Yang. It was goals from Joe Cardo, Scott Tiffany and Brian Graham, maybe, that won us the points on that date. So Jamie, I'll come to you first. I know it was a long time ago and we've had a lot of football since then, but what were your thoughts on our win at Peterhead?
3: Head? Uh, yeah, I thought we played well at Peterhead. It was a pretty professional performance. They didn't really threaten us too much. I think they had a flurry of corners in the first half. They had like four or five corners in a row, but apart from that, I don't really remember them doing anything. And Jamie Stead maybe had one save in the second half. But we were really compact at the back. We did well. And going forward, we were good as well. It's good to see uh, some different goal scorers. Because so obviously, Joe Cardo hasn't scored like as many as maybe like Brian Graham this season. But he's just like, I love Joe Cardo on our team. He's a good player, one of our best players. And it shows when you start him, he can score. And he also got an assist as well. Scott Tiffany adding yet another goal. What a signing he's been. And then Brian Graham, I mean, I don't think Brian Graham scored. That looks like an own goal to me, but he'll be claiming that all day. So it's good to get some different goal scorers, not all just a double from one person. Yeah, it was just a really good performance overall. And uh, as you said, Stephen Bell came in. I thought he did well. Um, I thought he's done well in all the games recently. He's been a surprising addition, a lot better than I thought he was going to be. And yeah, it's just a, just a good week and a good
0: performance. I totally agree with Stephen Bell. Jamie, I was a wee bit nervous when he came in. I think we all spoke. Uh, I think the last... Normal episode we did. I think we'd have preferred Kieran McKenna in there rather than than Bell, but I think Bell's looked really good and sure sure things up. Uh, Rhys Haldane, I'll come to you. What were your thoughts in the Peterhead game? I pretty
1: much the same as Jamie. Like Bell Cummins obviously been a revelation. Like we know what Bell's like. We've seen him at air. He's done well at Stranraer and Dunfermline in the past. Like he's a solid player and he can actually he can play in midfield as well. So he's got like a good he's got good bit of ball to his feet. Do you know what I mean and I think it was the 4-4 game that he came in and obviously looked a bit rusty because he hadn't played a lot in the past year. What is it? He played a couple of games for his co then and obviously had the long layoff. So it looks like he's kind of shaped off the rustiness and him and Brownlee have formed a good partnership. Uh, and as we're saying, Graeme's goal was one for the dubious goals panel, but I'm happy to give it to Graeme because you look at the the ones he's missed this season, like the sitters and the missed penalties. If he, if he just took his penalties and the sitters, he'd be on about 20 goals this season. So I'm just happy for his numbers to keep going up. As for the game, as Jamie said, it was a professional performance. It's about time we started putting two goals, putting three goals past teams in this division. How many games have we witnessed this season? It's been 1-0, 2-1, scrappy wins. Like Of course, you, you want any sort of win, but to actually be able to be 3-0 up and make all five changes, rest players, it was just refreshing just to to ease off a bit and relax. And then, obviously, we're going to come out at it, like the Clyde games and that. Like This whole week's just been... Falling on the
0: same So it's good that we've Started that run Against Peterhead Rhys Jenkins What were your thoughts on it? Yeah
4: so At the time I wasn't as kind of high on this result As I normally would be About 3-0 But I think it's been Backed up by other games And um, to use that Kind of cliche It was a, bit, it was a solid result I think we set up to Just be really solid At the back And so we had McKenna Coming in at right back And we had Foster At left back And I think there He's just trying to like Minimise Basically minimise Any mistakes And try and make sure We don't concede Silly goals and I looked back and it like, I looked at the shots and things like that, and we had like 14-3. to three. And I mean, if you're, if you're sort of stopping your opposition to having three shots, you're, you're doing pretty well. So I think we, we well-deserved win, if not an exciting 3-0. But you can't complain about a 3-0. David?
2: Yeah, it was a very exciting result. I think the thing as well that was good about it is that like, it was it was in a, a, a wee ground, and this really felt like it could have been a game where we slipped up. And we didn't. We put on the performance that we've basically we expected from the start of the season. I think this is the sort of performance we were expecting from the team from the get-go and, you know, just a certain of dominance in the, in the league. Obviously, we'd have liked it to come a wee bit earlier, but the fact that it's happened now just in time for this sort of run-in is fantastic. And, yeah, I thought it was a great performance. We really were really threatened by Peterhead and we took our chances and yeah it was fantastic but i think my favorite thing about the game is that we got a mention of the dubious goals panel i'll always always pop for a mention of the dubious goals panel but yeah i thought it was a fantastic game and like yeah we we were really good and it was out. i think my main concern coming out of it was that would be our one if you know what i mean that would be the one game where we kind of look decisive and then we you know um on the own targets against Clyde or whatever but no the, the, with hindsight this is a great result
0: Absolutely I think Rhys Jenkins mentioned it maybe wasn't the perfect performance and he maybe looked at it as a one-off but the impressive thing was we backed it up and we did back it up so uh, Rhys Jenkins I'll come to you to talk about the Clyde game first it was the first time we'd named an unchanged team in what seemed like forever and it was a Zach Rudden double that saw us win 2-0 so what were your thoughts on that game?
4: To be honest, the, the goal, that, well, Ruddin coming on and then scoring in the 65th minute, that was the, I thought that was the turning point because I thought, I, I didn't think we were amazing. We were kind of dominating the ball because Clyde, that's how Clyde set up. They set up with like two banks of four and they, they're they happy to just go away from home to win the big, bigger teams in the league and just basically go for a draw. That's what it seemed to me anyway. And I thought that Ruddin getting that goal really opened up for us because they had to just then, they had to go for it because they had to try and get that equaliser and that just left us lots of space to sort of, attack and just control the game. And um we did a few counters and stuff, but it just rarely they really, really threatened us. And um there was also I noticed that um I think it was it maybe been half time, might some point in the second half they moved to that back three and I think they were trying to stop us getting in on the wings and um it didn't really work because we got in on the wing when Tiffany put it across the rudd and got us that goal. But it also meant in midfield we just had so much time and space and there was no pressure on the midfielders and it just made it easier for us to just control the game. There was a brief spell, I remember, where we were kind of like, we dropped back a little bit and they had some of the ball, but it wasn't, it was nothing significant. And I think, yeah, we, uh, we deserved this win, And it was great to see uh, Zach get those goals because it's just so important with confidence. And then we obviously saw what happened after that. David?
2: Sort of very similar. I mean, looking at the, I, I had a be looking by Boville afterwards or whatever. And the, a lot of the Clyde fans seem to think that they had prioritised the Dumbarton game in, in Thursday um, over this one. So it looked like maybe a bit of a rotated side, but. Even then, they really didn't offer anything uh, much at all. But I mean, cre- uh, credit to them; like they-, they made it difficult for us in the first half. I think once we got the first goal, they, they kind of just collapsed. But it w- it was a bit more difficult than I expected, certainly than the Peterhead or the Montrose game. It's probably our toughest tie of the three, um, and we came through it with a problem. And yeah, we 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 exploited um, the spaces and the players. I think Bain. And he's a right back. He was absolutely rotten like the whole game, and we just exploited him and made use of that. And yeah, I think yeah, it was a really good result. Probably our toughest challenge, but we still sailed through it in the end. Rhys, Clyde set up to
1: come to us and just nullify us. They don't come to play football. And the fact that we could keep Goodwillie so quiet, I don't think I really can't remember Goodwillie getting involved until about the 70th minute. And he started coming out wide, coming into the channels to try and win possession. It's a, it's a plus for our defence. But as you said, like it didn't really look as if we were going to create anything. It was going to need like, a, spark, a spark off the bench. And obviously, Tiffany provides the ball for Zach Rudden And that was Zach Rudden into life for this week. And as you said, like we controlled the midfield. Banigan's just been brilliant since the restart. They, they had the boy McGlinchey in midfield. I think he's got 54 caps for New Zealand. Couldn't get near it. Got hooked at half-time. Like, Banigan was running rings around him. So it was... Another solid performance, albeit not great. And then Rudden's second goal just capped it off. Like that was a brilliant finish. Like in that it's a typical derby game, like not the best game, but a goal like that it can just change things and just left every Sassel fan was buzzing that night. Like Zach Rudden was finally off the mark and we're looking up. So happy days. It's always good to beat
0: Clyde, isn't it? It certainly is. Jamie, I'm gonna ask you a slightly different question. If Clyde get relegated and or we get promoted, What tweet from a Clyde player or fan will you be quote tweeting first and why will it contain the word Wonderwall? I don't know.
3: I don't know if I want to say it here in case it doesn't happen and it comes back on you. Uh, Maybe a certain tweet that Ali loved liked. Uh, I'll I'll leave it at that. Maybe. He He might have liked something which I may or may not have screenshotted that he liked, which I could possibly quote tweet him on or tweet him at if we do go up and they go down, which would be pretty funny. I mean, the guy was asking for it when he was tweeting all that, giving him the big after they beat us at the start of the season, and then liked something about, oh, Ali loves rent-free and party Fistle fans' heads the other night. I mean, what did he expect? If he was going to comment on us, we were obviously, Fistle fans were obviously going to go back on when we beat them later in the season. So he was asking for it. Yeah, so I know what I'll be doing. I'll be going straight in my group chat and uh, sending messages to
4: Jack Thompson. He's one of my, one of my mates. <laughs> and he's playing, um, playing centre-mid for Clyde, and um, I'll be rubbing it at his face when we when or if that happens
0: (laughs) Good stuff Uh, Reese Haldane I'll come back to you about the the Montrose game you know I think we're half the world away from our Premiership days but was that the best uh, the best performance sorry since we were relegated from the top flight I don't even think there's any competition
1: really you look back at the Erdre game a couple weeks ago we were slow that day obviously the second half it was brilliant but from on Thursday night we were just brilliant from start to finish I know we'll come on it in a wee bit like Ricky Foster for the first goal. Brilliant ball from Stephen Bell out to find him. And then the touch was just brilliant, mate. He's rolling back the years. And obviously, was, as we've mentioned, Zach Ruddon's in the form of his life at the minute. So long may that continue. Just, we were all over them. Like, in the goals we were scoring, Banigan's free kick. I mean, I was watching it with a couple of my pals. Andy McCarthy he was watching it with us. And he's like, ah, why the fuck is Banigan over this free kick now? I'm going to slaughter him after this game. Puts it in the top bins and he's just sitting there speechless. man. it was funny. And then, it could have been more. I think we should have had a penalty as well. Like The keeper comes nowhere near that ball. But, start to finish well brilliant. And then, it's really put us in the mood for this league title. Now, I think we could actually go for it again after that result today.
0: Absolutely. I just we'll come on to, to the, the title we'll chat a bit later. David, I'll come to you next for your thoughts on the, the Montrose game. But, I was the same as you, Reese, when uh, Bannigan was standing over the ball. I, I, I didn't want him to take it, but I'm delighted to prove me wrong. David, on you go.
2: I was going to say, I absolutely loved Bannigan's celebration, they running down the Chris Boyd, your uh, get put-out steak pie run to the stands to celebrate. I don't think anybody expected to put it in the, in the goal, but it was a fantastic free kick, and I was delighted it was Bannigan that did it. I've seen some shite free kicks from Bannigan in, in my time, but that was that was uh, it was, it was great. The performance as a whole was fantastic. Like, I think it was a game I was really concerned about, the Montreal game, because Montrose have been, I think, arguably flying higher than their are sort of standing in the league. I think they, they, they've certainly over overachieved this season. And we've struggled against difficult teams. Um, you know, teams who have who win under their sails, who are sort of in the top five or whatever, face it up to aggravators. It could be a long night, but we just absolutely tore them apart. And I think my favourite thing about the game. Was watching uh, Matt's um, anguish text in, in the group chat when it went to five 0 because he'd forgotten to put six nil coupon on. We telling them to blow the whistle there with ten minutes to go and stuff like that. But um, uh, when when that when we when we were on five 0 that really convinced me that we've we've picked up the form, and it's it's, fanta- it's a fantastic uh, time to pick it up. I know we've been we've been largely rubbish for most of the season, but I think if you're going to have a pick up in form, you want it to be in the run in when you're still within touch of, of the title and yeah, what a time to bring her in.
0: Absolutely, David. Now, four, fourteen out of the seventeen games so far have put a pound on us to win six 0 with odds ranging from eighty to one to two hundred to one. So on Thursday night I was I was getting very nervous as the score as the score racked up. Jamie, I'll come to you, what were your thoughts on the Montrose game on Thursday night? I thought we were brilliant. It does show what happens when you can take your
3: chances because if you look to the stats on the BBC, um, Montrose weren't that far behind in like shots and stuff. And I they did have more possession, which I'm kind of surprised that. But it shows what happens when you take your chances. You compare this to the Dumbarton now, now earlier in the season, when we had what was it like 23 shots or something to their zero and we didn't score a goal. And Dumbarton walked away with a point and we dropped to whereas on um, Saturday when we played Montrose, or Thursday rather, when we played Montrose, we were so clinical and it was brilliant to watch Zach Rudden. He's just full of confidence right now. Like, that shot from outside the box, there's no way he's taken that on a couple of weeks ago. But he does and he just smashes it in the top corner. Brilliant touch from Foster for the first goal. Good ball out from Bell as well, actually. Plays it across the face. Zach runs there and in the second half. Bannigan, as it's already been mentioned, when I saw him lining up for the free kick, I was like, this is just going to hit the wall or something. Like, I was, I was like, Bannigan can lift the ball off the ground at to, uh, that angle to get in the top corner but he completely proved me wrong and yeah it was Brown to see him score that and then Scott Tiffany once again I mean I don't know how that shot went in I think it must have taken a deflection but just once again proving how valuable he is for us. skips past two players tucks it in the bottom corner and then that's his sixth goal for us I think since signing on loan which is just brilliant given he's only been here for like a month or something and yes yeah, Shea Gordon good for him getting a goal at the end of the season he's probably yeah goal at the end of the game rather he's probably not got as many goals this season as he would have liked, he's only got two in the league and I think he definitely want more than that, but it's just good for him to get another goal and yeah, didn't do a goal difference any harm, adding an extra five on to that and yeah, it's fantastic, it's a brilliant performance and as I said, it does show what
0: happens when you take your chances. Absolutely, I think we'll focus on Ruddon just now, uh, Rhys Jenkins, I'll come to you first on him, I think he'd been playing with a lot of frustration Lately, but it was it was great to see him go let out with his celebrations, especially when he scored. I think the second against Clyde, he looked delighted. What have you made of his sudden in form? Yeah, I
4: thought it was brilliant to see, like see his celebrations. You don't you don't really see that with a lot of players. That like, he genuinely looks absolutely elated. Like he was so happy to get that kind of monkey off his back. He's just he was obviously really frustrated with his own with his own sort of form and just like sort of lack of discipline as well. Like, like the Falkirk game getting. I think it was a Falker game when he got sent off and Inj- having injuries that sort of thing. It's just he definitely looks like he's he's free of that now and he's just ready to he's ready to score goals <laughs> and that's what he's here to do. And I think he he's so good at. Um, I tweeted about this. You might have seen it, but I think he's so good at getting shots off in like just really dangerous positions. Like three of his goals so far, which is about maybe half of his goals, they've been like in the six-yard box and like that's really it's like. As much as you might you might think, oh, that's just that he's got someone like Tiffany putting the ball in for him. Like, it's quite it's it's definitely a good like skill to have to be able to get those shots off. Because I mean, if everyone could do it, then everyone would be scoring goals, and it's obviously not the case. So I think that's something I've noticed that is really promising about him, like going forward. Like, you could probably do that. You could kind of upscale that through the levels, like the Championship and beyond for him. So I'm really happy for him, and I'm really impressed by his form. And I think that goal. Uh, the second one where he's like took that shot on from outside the box, he just wouldn't be doing that if um, he hadn't scored those goals already and had that confidence. So, yeah, it's been really good to see.
0: Absolutely, Reese. I think we spoke about it last week about Brian Graham. You're not concerned about a striker if they get in the positions and they're missing because you know eventually they'll score. It's when they're not getting in the positions you begin to worry. Jamie, what are your thoughts on we wee boosting form? I'm delighted for him. You could, as it's already been mentioned, you can see how much momentum in the celebrations.
3: He looked absolutely buzzed. I mean, like the goal, the video of the first goal he scored against Clyde. He was like screaming. He did a big knee slide. You can tell he was just buzzed with it. I mean, I had I was getting frustrated with him before. I mean, he was missing like a huge chance. It felt like every game he came on, he was blowing chances. He did it at Airdrie. He did it at East Fife. He did it against um, Peterhead as well. But he's now taking those chances, and I think on the confidence and form he's on right now all of those chances he'd had he'd now score which is just brilliant because we needed to get another goal scorer in there even though we've got Tiffany and we've got Graham it's brilliant to add someone else in who's on form and getting goals and this is Zach Rodden we actually thought we were getting when we signed them obviously injuries have completely disrupted his time with us and confidence issues but Ian McCall did say in the interview that it was just confidence and that's where he comes in and it's been mentioned that Zach Rodden stays behind and uh, after training he's the last to leave the pitch he just does finishing practice and it shows it's paying off because he's getting the goals now
0: and we'll all make it continue and hopefully he can fire us to well, swap for the league title Rhys Haldane I'll come to you on Ricky Foster next I think we want to single him out for a bit of praise it was his 600th career appearance the other night which is a, a great landmark for, for any professional so well done to him on that he had a slowish start to his this career but little by little he's been getting better what have you made of him in recent weeks? Aye, as you
1: just mentioned, like he did start really slow. Like when he came in, we all thought he was going to be like a level above for League One. Like six hundred appearances now in his career. It's just a solid fullback, can play either side. Good at putting balls in. Good defensively. And as the weeks have went by, he's been getting better and better. And like, I, I'm really enjoying seeing him playing at left back now. Like I still do think Penrice should be playing, but they <laughs> do you put Foster back at right back now, or just leave him where he is because. He has been brilliant, and then for runs, first goal, we've already mentioned like how brilliant that touch was, and the ball into the box, and he obviously shows great leadership and for the younger guys. Same with like Stephen Bell, probably Gegan and Cardo as well. Just the older guys, like they must be a great influence around the dressing room. So long, mate. Continue, and I hope he keeps up this good form.
0: David, I'm going to ask you about Ian McCall now. I know we've sort of dodged the should he be sacked question on this podcast because I know we we're planning to do a sort of big McCall episode at the end of the season. And I think we still will, regardless of whether we go up or not. Do you think the master plan of Ian McCall is beginning to sort of shine through?
2: Yeah, I I definitely do. I mean, we talked to last episode about how we we didn't know what um, McCall ball, as uh, James Kearney called it, uh, was. We couldn't figure out what sort of tactics he had because he chopped and changed every week. He changed formation, he changed players and stuff like that. And we didn't really seem to have any discernible tactical... Philosophy, but I think I think now that you're you're seeing that it's all coming together. We have the components because we always talked about how McCall has been backed to the hill. He's been given everything he needed, all the players he wanted. He was pretty much able to get Bar, you know, the odd injury and stuff like that, and back to the hill and given all the resources needed to put his vision into place. And I think Tiffany, to be honest, was the last piece of that puzzle. Now, since Tiffany has came in, it, he's really pushed us on and we've been able to become that force. That, again, we talked about how in various episodes we were in a league of people parking a bus against us because we're a full-time team and it's gonna be, and making it difficult for us to break them down. And we've seen us constantly not being able to do that. And now we are. Now we're able to break these teams down and we've got that confidence behind us whereby I think, I think the players feel that they're just unbeatable at the moment with the sort of form that we're on and that we can kind of take, take it in to the split and to the end of the season. And I think that, yeah, it's come at a great time. Uh, that, but we're definitely seeing how it's working and it's it's effective now. And um, I, I, I'd agree, we're seeing a bit more of his vision and I think it's, it's a lot more exciting. And ultimately, we just want to win games. I don't think we're particularly bothered if, we're winning, if we win every game scrappy 1-0. I'm sure everybody would be delighted at the end of the season. But we're seeing exciting football. And yeah, I think it's coming into place.
0: I think we'll move on and I'll open this one right up to to all of you. We'll have a bit of title race chat now. I watched Cove versus Falkirk this afternoon. I thought Cove looked like the real confident side. They're really strong at set pieces. And Falkirk looked a wee bit like us. Before the last week, they're a wee bit reliant on the individual quality. They look to play to Callum Morrison every time. If he's not available, to play long to Connor Salmon. And I think we all know that's not the most effective tactic. And I think some might say that Falkirk are still the the favourites, but it's looking like they might fade away. So they're on 31 points, Cove are on 31 points, and we're a point behind with 30, but we do have the superior goal difference. There's five games to go. Rhys Jenkins, I'll come to you first. What do you make of the title race? I don't even think the most optimistic of us would have
4: expected this like two weeks ago. Maybe it's been it's been some turnaround slash collapse from Falkirk. Like we just put put a good run together at the perfect time, and um, and yeah, the table looks wide open and it's it's anyone's now really. Like I I don't like to make like bold predictions at all because I'll just it'll just come back to bite me. But uh, I'm feeling relatively confident. I think. the and playing on our side, we've got uh, it's kinda of coming back to what David said. I've just got some stats up there for like uh, Scott Tiffany and Zach Ruddon. And they're kinda of two players that we didn't have it. we didn't really have in the first half of the season, like um before well, before the shutdown, like Ruddon had barely played for us really. And um I think that they're big, big boosts for the t- for the title race. And it's kind of a it's a one up that we've got on other teams. I think we've definitely got the best attacking talent. And just um just quickly for uh, Tiffany, he's on six games in the league so far and he's got four goals and two assists and uh, Rudden is sitting on four goals in eight games, so it's a goal every two games and an assist and I think that that's just some added firepower that we've just not had and um, I think it's Sanders in good stead and I'm feeling cautiously optimistic about it, to be honest
1: Rhys Yeah, I almost don't want to say it because you don't want to speak too soon but I'm quietly confident as well because you, you look back at the Cove game that we played them last time we were obviously just come, well, we were all coming back into football because nobody really played at that point but we were in a kind of poor run of form and we were the better team we should have won that game if Senna had scored that goal to put us 2-0 up We'd be sitting top of the league just now so with the form we're in now we look a much better team with the, the addition of Tiffany I think we could beat Cove. Falkirk this whole season we should have beat them home and away Falkirk are no great shakes I've said that Even when we're about Eight points off them Nothing special about Falkirk So why can't we go And win the league Especially with the former And just now And If worse comes to worse And we don't win the league I genuinely fancy us In the playoffs now I think we could beat Whoever's going to be In the playoffs with us And I think we could beat Morton or Eyre Whoever's going to beat And then if it is Morton or Eyre and That'll be some game That'll be a grudge match
0: Fight and talk David
2: I, I just I noticed a stat somebody posted in Pie and Bovril, and it applies to both Tiffany and Ruddon. Uh but Ruddon has scored as many goals in two days as Francis, Keenan and Salmon have all season for Falkirk. And similarly Tiffany's done it in what, four or five games as well. I, I think that we just look like I, I would agree, I think Falkirk have coasted on Scudden part time teams and like, you know, they they've just got through with all these wins. I don't um I don't think they've beaten a full time team this season. I was speaking to Colin Telfer for the Lonely because we chat whenever their games are on or whatever, and he said that um Falkirk have two points out of fifteen against Deirdre over the last two seasons and um I just ca- they just cannot play against them and they're just rubbish against them. So like you kind of throw that into the mix. They'll just play against Cove. I think Falkirk have possibly chucked it, Um, I think Cove will probably beat them in this split game they'll they'll probably lose to Airdrie and I don't see them beating us, to be honest so it's it's very much within our hands now, yeah I think it's going to be a case of, when it comes to the crunch, Falkirk are going to have to play teams that they struggle against and and I I don't think they're going to pull it out I just hope we can keep up the form I think the Cove game is the big one for me now I think it's probably going to be us or Cove, to be honest, that gets the league now. I think Falkirk could probably have chucked it, and I think if we can beat Cove, I think I think your teaser for Falkirk and Cove, and I think we've I think we will, will have done it. But that game against Cove is huge now.
3: Jamie, I think it's going to go right down to the wire, possibly even the last day. But I'm also feeling quite confident, just given how we've been playing recently. We do look like a team, something to prove. We've got. Purpose in our play. We're going for teams and we're getting very good wins. 5-0 wins, 3-0 wins, just 2-0 wins. We're getting the wins you need. And Falkert recently they've not been great. If you've been I like, I saw some of their fans on Twitter saying that they were dreadful today. I didn't watch the game, but they said they were terrible. And they said some of the managerial decisions were baffling. So I mean if they continue to do that and drop points, then they could end up finishing third. But obviously we could end up finishing third. You really don't know. But if we keep up the form that we're on, I actually do fancy it to win the league. I think we can beat Cove. I mean, we should have beaten Cove at home, to be honest. I'd Like we said, if Senna had scored that chance, we would have won that game. And the Cove away game, we should have got a point in that. But then an individual mistake from Ross Doherty cost us it. So I, I've not been impressed with Cove by the time we've played them. Yes, they are able to pick up points, and they're good at doing that. They've just got a way of getting results. But I've not been impressed with them. And Falkirk as well, I don't think they've been amazing. But I really haven't been impressed with Cove this season. But they just seem to get the results. But if we're playing the way we are recently, and we play against Falkirk and Cove. I think the is to beat both of them, especially given the way Falkirk are playing right now, so yeah and I do also agree that I think we could do well in the playoffs, if you're looking at Martin and Ayr right now, they're not exactly on top form themselves, I mean Ayr lost 4-0 today to Arbroath, so it would be fantastic to go off either way, but I really do hope we win the title and I'm
0: quietly confident that we could. I asked this question on Boxing Day and I'm going to ask it again, just one word answers, asked on Boxing Day, what of a chance you think we've got of winning the title? I think David was by far the most confident at 66%, even though we were, I think, five or six points behind Falkirk at that time. Jamie, I think you said 33%. I think myself and Reese said 15 ish percent. So now, with five games to go, if you were to give a percent on the title only, not promotion, what percentage of a chance you give us of winning the title? And I'll come round each. You just a one word answer. Reese Haldane, I'll start with you. <sighs> I'll say
1: eighty percent. Um secretly, 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 I'm actually more confident. But I'm not. I'm know to put my neck on the block and say ninety or something. But I'll go 80.
0: Rhys Jenkins. stupid are <laughs> Uh, forty-five.
3: Jamie. Um, I'll double it from last time. I'll say sixty-six percent. I'll do what David said last time because I, I do feel confident we can do it.
0: David, are you going to go 100? or Are you going yeah. to surprise thought,
1: us and I go I thought over? this was, I thought this was the man. I'm hitting at 80.
2: You're the same 10%. <laughs> well, Rhys, uh, don't don't worry. I've got your back here. I'm, i I have to be the eternal optimist in this podcast. So I'm going to w- I was I was going to say 80 percent because there's five games left and we have to play Cove. So um, I'll say 85 to continue my devoted optimist uh, role on the podcast.
0: Crikey. I think I'm probably with Rhys Jenkins. I'll go 50%. I think it's sort of 50-50 between us or Falco and Kovac. I'd maybe give Kova 30% chance. And I agree with you, David. I, I don't think Falcock are looking great, so I'd give them 20. But I'll go 50% for us. But Rhys and David, you'd knock yourselves out with your 80-something percent chance of winning a league, which we third in with five games to go. We'll look at the Dumbarton game on Tuesday. It's our last fixture before the split. What what would you like to see from the starting eleven and it's I think a win's obviously essential, so we're just it's a win and performance doesn't matter. Do we agree with that? Reese Haldane, I'll start with you. win a, a win's the only thing that does matter.
1: Of course you'd wanna win by two, or three goals, but that's the main thing. Three points on the board going into the split.
0: Jamie, what
3: about you? What would you like to see from the starting eleven? Um I'd like to see his goal for pretty attacking starting 11 I mean obviously the three points are the main thing but it'd be good to continue this free goal scoring form going into the split keep the confidence levels up so I'd like to see us go with two up top keep Graham and Ruddyn up there put Cardle out wide I know he got dropped for Gordon and obviously it'd be, it'd be very harsh to drop Gordon given he scored but I wouldn't drop him I'd play Banigan alongside Gordon in the middle maybe drop Doc for a game um, I'd probably put on the left but Tiffany so yeah something go we'll probably go 4-4-2 and if Penrice is fit I'd put him back at left back and switch Foster over to right back. And if Bell's fit enough to play, I don't know
0: if he's going to get rested for a game. I'd put him alongside Brownley
3: and sending goals. But if Bell's maybe needing
0: a rest, then put McKenna in at centre half. Rhys Jenkins, would you like to see running Graham form a front two to see through to the end of the season? Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. Um, I'm not. I'm not
4: like super fast. I think if if Graham could do with a rest, then I would quite like to see um yeah, I'll, go, I'll go with this and I'll say if if we're going to give Graham a rest, he's played a decent amount of football Um, I would quite like to see us go with like Shea Gordon behind Rudden, um, uh, kind of like a sort 10 making runs in behind and then um, I'd like to see uh, Cardo on the right with uh, Tiff on the left and then I would just keep Banzo and Doc in the middle and uh, I would like as much as we've just been saying that Foster's been doing pretty well I'm a big fan of Penrice and I just think I would like to see one of our younger players getting Getting more minutes, so like I would be, I would probably play Penrice left back, and then I'm a big fan of Williamson, and, and I thought he did quite well against Montrose, so I would, uh, I would stick with him at right back, and then at centre back, Brownlee always starts, and then depending on fitness, he might not, Bell might not be uh, a bit like well, we might not want to play him again, but if we're top for someone else, I would, I would quite like to see Senna getting our chance because I don't want him to feel like he's just been um, kind of chucked to the wayside, because um, he's a young player, and at the end of the day. Um, we're playing a team that we should be dominating last time. I think they had one shot or they didn't have a shot the whole game. So I don't think Senna would be under too much pressure. So I think it may be a good way to ease them back in. So maybe that's a controversial one there, my team, but I'd probably go with um, Senna, Brownlee, uh, Penrose,
0: Williamson, Banzodoc, uh, Tiff, Gordon, Cardo, and Rudden. David, should I put my 6 0 bet on, Saturday, on Tuesday?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because. You, you you had a mighty scare on Thursday um, and it's it's going to happen at some point. So, To be honest I would quite like the team to be kept as close to the Montrose game as possible. I feel that it's going to be a, a similar game, just taking it to them and things like that and it works so well against Montrose. Dumbarton are very much in a precarious position. They've came out of the playoffs places but it, much like us, they they're fighting for their place, and they will probably. Make, I think they'll make it far more difficult than they did in the first game at Farhill. I, I want to see us take the same attitude as Montrose. It's clearly working, but again, I I don't want to see Penrice getting some games and stuff like that. Um, so maybe Penrice and Foster. I I can. Foster's been fantastic over the last f- three games. I I don't really want to see him dropped for that. But again, it's just kind of... Again, it's this nice thing to have of having to juggle all the players because you've got options and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I would like to keep it as as static as possible while the games are rolling in. And when people get tired of them out, I don't think we should be chalking and changing. I think it's far easier to... If we can use the team we have now to try and build a lead... And then we can rely on other players later when they get tired. I think that's probably a better solution for me. But yeah, I'd like to see us take the same attitude as him in game and pretty much the same line-up.
0: Uh, So, Rhys Jenkins, you were talking before we came on air that you spotted Blair Lines out and about, which did me a favour because I was struggling for a a Partridge Thistle question this week. Uh, So for our Partridge Thistle feature, I'm going to ask you what is the most mundane encounter you've had with a footballer? I'll start I used to work at a hotel, and um,
4: we used to do. Well, actually, I mean, maybe maybe that's a really bad answer because this might be relatively interesting to some people. But I was um, doing the dishes in the hotel, and then um, Scott Brown walked through the little dish room, dishwasher room, while the Scotland team were staying at the hotel. Just kind of said
0: hi and kept walking by, and didn't didn't exchange any other words. That's fair enough. That's, I think that's mundane enough to to count, but uh, high profile enough to be story worth. David, what about you?
2: Um, I'm, try- I'm trying to think of if there's any that kind of stick out to me. Um, I remember I once got uh, John Gemmell, aka the Beast of Albion Rovers, on the phone in work one time. Um, I gave him a big uh, tasty discount of his Sky Bill. Um, But I think the most mundane one is not necessarily me, but my wife once met Henrik Larsson in Global Video. Um, and her dad's a big Celtic fan and it was it was quite a weird moment. But yeah, she always uh, she met Henrik Larson in Global Video writing out some videotapes back in the day. I've got a,
1: a good one. I've got a couple of boring ones where like better footballers that I've just walked by or had like one word with or something, but I've got a funny one where I met Fistle player. Like my brother used to play for Thistle so Year and it was one of the player of the year events when like the first team would be there and that. And Matthias Pogba was trying to, like, use his card on, like, a parking year. And my dad uh, paid for Matthias Pogba's parking ticket. <laughs> That's a good one. Other ones are just daft. Like, I've seen, like, Odds and Edward shopping, and I've seen... I remember years ago, in fact, do you remember when David Healy played for Rangers? I just remember seeing him in, like, Marks and Spencer's, and we we'll guy buying by a packet of Mars bars, like, in Rangers training gear. They actually
3: just went in and bought <laughs> Mars bars, and that was a uh, Weird. Jamie. I know, I've not really got any, like, boring ones. They're all, well, they're all just kind of really average. I met Emilio Izaguiri when buying a Christmas tree in Homebase years ago. Homebase, uh, just the one near my guy. And I also Oops. met Keith Lasley, when my parents were at the bank. He was just in the, he was in the queue. So I think I just said hi to him. That was about it. I met the guy Pogba and Abbey Rosman wow. in town, at Cineworld. I remember i meeting them. That's the only one I've ever took a photo with that I met in town. I've seen Ryan Christie. I remember seeing him in Hill Head once, which was really weird. I saw him. He was... I swear he was coming out of Greg's, but I may be wrong, <laughs> I did see Ranker's there as well. I'll
0: we'll go kinda... that, he was definitely coming out of Greg's. Oh, sorry. I he... saw an
3: Easy Gary story as well.
1: Yeah. No, I just remember i have seen him at uh, Asda Bears Den before, and um, that I was with a few of my pals, and they supported Celtic, and they started singing like the Easy Gary song, and they just rolled their troll letters, pure weird, and Paul and Tim was um, waiting outside Asda Bears Den, they get a signed <laughs> photo from it, it was just weird, it was pure weird. <laughs>
2: Oh, I, um, speaking of Keith Lasley, obviously because you mentioned, I remember once I went to uh, like my, an in-laws wedding and uh, the the groom was a big Motherwell fan, and then just like at, um, at, the, at the reception they announced there was a guest of honour and it was Keith Lasley had turned up because he was quite parallel when he just turned up at this wedding uh, for this Mudderwolf fan. It was it was, it was, quite, it was quite strange, but, yeah, um, uh, Keith Lasley just turned up and then in-laws wedding.
3: I've forgotten there's another two as well. I think um, I met Thomas Cherney in town in the Cannon Gallery once. That was years ago, 2015 or something. And I remember before he, just like, just like a couple months before he signed for us, I saw Kenny Miller in town in some restaurant. And there was like this guy that was like drunk shouting from a taxi. Like oh there's Kenny Miller, Kenny Miller, and I, I was like, I, I, so, so there is. Like no one believed them. And then I turned around, and Kenny Miller was just in this restaurant. It looked like a, it honestly looked like a press conference because he was at the top of a um, top of this kind of table, this raised table, shaking someone's hand. It looked like he was like a manager had just signed them or something. And there's
0: like the press taking photos of him. It was, it was really weird. My one, I think I've been about ten or eleven. And I was with my mum in Sainsbury's And it was when Paul Hartley was playing for Celtic And he was a few checkouts down And I, I think all of was in his trolley was beer And he sort of I spotted him And I said to my mum, was Paul Hartley And I think he clocked that we'd spotted him We didn't go up to him, but he came come up to us at the end And went, oh, I've just seen you spotted me Do you want me to sign something? And they signed our Sainsbury's receipt So a nice man, a nice man But uh, I hope he does not win the League One title this year um, I think episode five, a line of duty will have aired by the time you're listening to this podcast. But Jamie, I know we are regularly in touch discussing our theories. Who do you think you could be proved right or wrong by the time this goes out? But who do you think Joe Davidson's related to?
3: Uh, I think it's got Well, it's too obvious, I think. But Tommy Hunter,
0: I think it's Tommy
3: Hunter, he's Scottish. He was There's a lot of connections this season as well to season one. I've a lot of little links to season one, so I think Tommy Hunt is the most logical. But I've seen a lot of people saying that it could be Anne-Marie, so, he's like, so she's John Corbett's sister. Uh, you know, there's, there's quite a few interesting shouts. I don't know Mike Dryden's the other one, but I don't see how that would be relevant. He wasn't like, ever a massive player in
0: any of the seasons. So
3: I think Tommy Hunt is what I'm sticking with. I, th-
0: I think Dryden's just getting the shouts because he's, he's Scottish too. Um, I'm going for Danny Waldron. I think there's going to be a big care home look and the OCG will be recruiting people from care homes. Do you know what I mean? So I, th- I think that might that might be it. But Tommy Hunter, I think he's the odds-on favourite at the moment. Uh, thank you for joining us on Draw, Lose or Draw. Uh, a reminder, if you want to win a T-shirt and a hat from Got Your Six Brand, let us know on Twitter or Facebook how many Oasis song titles you heard from me on today's episode. Uh, the person to guess correctly first will win, and if nobody's right, we'll give it to who is closest. So it's one guess per person, so don't be cheating. Make sure you follow Got Your Six Brand on Instagram. We'll be back next week to discuss our post-split fixtures. Until then, stay safe and wear a mask.
3: Sabote.